I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The year is 1601 in a small medieval Hungarian town. Here, peasant girls are going missing, and people don't know why. What happens next is a story of the world's perhaps first true serial killer. Stay tuned to hear all about that on... The Reluctant Historian. So what's up, everyone? I am your host, Liz Lawson, and here with us is our Reluctant Historian, Dakota Lawson. This is the podcast where I try to show my husband that history is actually cool. So if you love history, or you absolutely hate it, this podcast is for you. I would like to begin by recognizing that we are recording on Treaty 6 territory and the homeland of the Métis Nation. All right, so Coda, our first new intro, what do you think? I thought it was good. I thought you did a good job on that intro, pulling it out of your ass. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's uh, year two. Year we two. Are, we are back, uh, coming in hot. With a, with our first Wicked Wednesday. We, 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 wicked Wednesday. We, we, we. I can't do it. <laughs> no, 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 that was just a button I press. I that wasn't that, was that wasn't me. Fool. <laughs> be, we've got producers and stuff. We do. <laughs> this, it's year two, baby. Yeah, baby. We got ba- that podcast I, money. Hey, baby. It's year two. We got that podcast. We got money. the podcast money. Podcast. I'm cooking. I'm cooking. <laughs> and this is still the same terrible joke. So yeah, I think, think we gotta got a, got some better writers on the show. Fortunately, we can't afford them. Fortunately. Unfortunately. Fortunately. Fortunately. Unfortunately. I don't know what I'm saying, but uh, yeah. So listeners, if you liked that intro, that new format, let us know in the comments down below. Yeah. I mean, the big change was that it was like a preface to what we're going to be talking about first. So uh, there, there are two schools of thought that I thought about today, actually, that just kind of interesting. So it's like, um, it gives you something, it gives you a hook to start, mm-hmm. uh, but then I'm like, do I respond to it? Do I, do I not respond mm. to it? It's something we're thinking about. Just we got to work it out. Just because then there isn't that reaction of me. You know, people, kids love reactions. These they do. Days, you know, they just want to see reactions. you react to everything. You know what I reacted to, to today? What? I reacted to a uh, video of why Fear Factor was probably canceled. Oh. Do you know why? No, tell me. Uh, this episode did not air on TV, but they did put it on YouTube later. They had to drink uh, donkey semen and piss. And I watched half of it and I was like, oh, this is, this is not, uh, this is not what I want. Uh, Uh, They were, they were also, uh, it was a twins episode. How is that allowed? Well, it wasn't. They didn't put it on TV, but so it was a twins episode. And I'm over here like, this is not what I want to see twins drinking. Gross. (laughs) Stop it. Oh, yeah. I'm doubling down on being terrible this year. Good. Can't wait. Um, Yeah. So on today's episode, Dakota, any guesses based on my little preamble? Well, I would like to say that many of you know I am Hungarian. Oh, yeah. And I also have an alibi for where I was during 1610. 1601. 
that year as well. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened at, in 1610. Don't look into that. <laughs> uh, I'm intrigued. Yes. Uh, just because I like... Everyone loves a good murder, you yes. know? Yeah. So... Yeah. So, well, on today's episode, we will be talking about a woman who is also known as the Blood Countess and one of the earliest serial killers in recorded history, Elizabeth Bathory. Hmm. I've got two different ways I could take this. Either something about the Count from Sesame Street, ah, 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 three, three murders, or, (laughs) uh, what was her name? Elizabeth Bathory. Well, that's basically you. You love baths. You are Elizabeth Bathory. Or, or Elizabeth Bathalot. Either either one, really. Okay, nailed both of them. Continue. You did. Uh, so welcome back, everyone. Hope your holidays were good, whichever you celebrate. Whatever yes. you celebrate, you know, if you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Um, uh, Krampus. Um, Yule. Uh, Yule, if you put a Yule log on the tide and, uh, and start her on fire there, bud. We recognize all of those sacred events. Yeah, dear bud. Yeah, dear bud. We hope you guys didn't miss us too much. Well, they, um, they definitely did. I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's your golden nuggets? nuggets? Oh, well, let me tell you nuggets. about my golden nuggets. Nuggets. Whatever you said. My golden nugget. Now you're probably going to think, oh, it's probably the holidays. You know, what great things did Dakota get for Christmas? And I'm not here to talk to that about that today, okay? I'm here to talk about Wingspan. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't stop raving about this board game. The board game is called Wingspan. In Wingspan, you are trying to you are essentially collecting birds. Yeah, you're building a bird sanctuary. You're building a bird sanctuary out of cards. Like you get cards and they've got beautifully illustrated birds on them and you've got to collect them. Catch them all. Catch them all. This game would be great for Pokémon as well. It would work really well, but you um you get points based on how many eggs they have and uh what else do they score like points on? Like specific birds that you get in specific areas. Yeah, it, so how much food you have? How much food they have? Yeah, just you got to look it up. It's hard to do justice because when you think of just when you think of just doing a game on collecting birds, it might sound not great, but I'm not, and I'm not telling you this as like I'm not an avid bird watcher or anything. Liz wants me to be, but I'm I not. Uh, this game will wreck you in the best way possible. It's really fun. It is. I'm hooked on it. I'm gonna get it on the PC as well. I'm gonna get into competitive wingspan <laughs> if that's a thing. Uh, it's gonna be great. Can't wait. Play- it's actually one of the first games that I've actually like won. Usually, when you and I play board games, I don't win them. Yeah, so that's nice for you. It is. Uh, but yeah, so seriously, go check out Wingspan. I uh, today gets my Dakota's recommendation. <laughs> uh, we'll come up with a better name for that in time. What is your golden nugget, dear? Uh, yeah, so we had the break, which was lovely. I love me a holiday break. Um, so that was really enjoyable. We got to spend time with family. No friends, though, because COVID. We don't have friends. That, too. We got family. <laughs> That's the Fast and Furious reference I for know. all y'all. Oh, yeah, for everyone else. I know doesn't. you know. Yeah, you made me watch them all. You loved it. Yes. Yeah. You love movies. You watch them so much. <laughs> so I watched them for you. 
But you, but you've seen so many movies. You love them for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I honestly, I had a golden nugget, and I don't remember what it was, so it must not have been that big of a golden nugget. Talk about the holidays, then. It was the holidays. What, what, what was a gift you really liked? What was a thing we did you really like? What was a food item you really liked? There's lots of things to talk about. <laughs> a lot um, of energy for nine and nine. <laughs> I know, I'm shocked. I'm shook, actually. It, yeah, uh, this is called podcast energy. Love that for us. I really just enjoyed being able to spend time with the family. I was really stressed before everything happened, and... Um, after actual Christmas dinners and everything, the next day I stayed in bed for the entire day. I did not get out of bed. That was lovely. That's my. I felt like it was like two days. But... Yeah, basically I didn't get out of bed for two days. <laughs> you know, I was I was shattered. Yeah. In a good way. Well, yeah. Um. So I wanted to give it out. Uh. Give a shout out to our friend John, our yeah. Kiwi friend from down under. Yeah, boy. which is an oxymoron. Yes. Because Kiwi is New Zealand, uh, down under is Australia. So it doesn't matter. It's a joke that <laughs> I thought was funny. <laughs> I'm sure John will appreciate it, but I, I'm uh, I'm more into lowbrow humor. That's so. true. That's true. Uh, he, sent us an epi- er, he sent us an article over the break, which was mm. really interesting. It was about AI and um, the singularity kind of cap happening soon and um in this video uh was this woman was getting all up in the ai's face the robot's face and it was mad and it like slapped her hand out of the way and then it like looked at the camera and it was the most terrifying thing i've ever seen and so i'll link it in our show notes if you want to watch it but i don't know if john knew this but um i'm i'm afraid of three things well four things one being in a plane but two climate crisis three uh, the world falling under a fascist dictatorship, and four, the AI singularity and robots taking over the world, which is why I'm always nice to our robots. Like <laughs> That's true. I mean, you had a nice name for the Roomba we have. Yeah, and I always talked really nicely to her. Her name was Janice. Yeah. And I always was like, hey, Janice, like, how are you doing? Like, don't kill me in the robot uh, uprising. But I offsetted that by, like, slapping her around a little bit and be like, hey, where's my money? Yeah, but so she'd kill you, but not me. Because I respected her and her robot life. No, nah, we're all the same, you know. No. I, I wore a uh, hair, like a wig <laughs> like yours. When I, I was like, where's my money? And I slap her around. So, so, yeah, that video is freaky. But you know what I just thought of? What's that? This is going to bring it down to a little bit more lowbrow, okay, what good. I'm used to. Can't wait. Is the idea of, like, someone being unfaithful is going to get really weird in the future. It's a good point. It's a good point. Because, like... Is cheating with a robot cheating? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it brings up this whole new question. But just imagine, uh, you know, wife comes home, catches you in bed you're with this robot that looks exactly like a human acts like a human is the wife gonna immediately assume or just that it's a human or is they gonna know it's a robot then yeah it brings up that question is that cheating and it's like so many moral uh, dilemmas this is where not i'm not worried about them taking over i'm just oh i am worried about our robot overlords are going to be mean to us yeah they're going to kill us that's true but also Robot, robot sex. <laughs> good point. So, yeah, was it though? <laughs> was it a good point? <laughs> Something that crossed my mind. Yeah. So I've been wanting to talk about Elizabeth Bathory for a very long time. Uh, Yeldabub suggested her to us a while ago, and I was saving her for this season because I thought we were going to do like true crime. 
But then we decided not to, so... People who don't listen to this show weekly and hear the name... Us referring to Adele Babub, they're going to think we just, like, talk to the devil and stuff like that. Like <laughs> and who's de- to say we don't, so... Well, that's true. <laughs> yes, we're Christians, okay? <laughs> yeah, so I'm starting our season two off with a taste of Wicked Wednesdays, so that wicked means... Wicked Wednesdays, the wicked. This month, we're going to get two Wicked Wednesdays instead of just one, which is exciting for us. Wicked. W- w- wicked. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Elizabeth Bathory was born as Ersebet Bathory on August 7th, 1560 in the Kingdom of Hungary, which was actually Transylvania, uh, but it had just been conquered by the Hungarians in 1000 BC. Okay, prediction, she's BCE. a vampire. No, AD. She's a vampire. Perhaps. She was born into one of the most prominent families in Central Europe. Think like the Kennedy family and how influential they were to American politics. That's what the Bathory's were like to Hungarian politics. She had the best education and during her formative years, she learned to speak Hungarian, obviously, because she lived in Hungary, Slovak, Greek, Latin, and German. I'm just going to stop here and just say this, that, you know, I don't know a lot about my Hungarian heritage, but you don't hear a lot about them in like... You know, like, oh, the Hungarians did this, right? Right? I mean, maybe you do. Yeah, I I was like, I hear a lot about them. Anything good? (laughs) Well, I mean, they did side with Germany in World War One, so... So, no. So, but just, like, the first thing I hear about them is, like, they had a murderer. (laughs) (laughs) The first murderer. (laughs) Yes. As a child, Elizabeth had severe health problems, which may have been due to the fact that her parents were first cousins. She was an epileptic and was prone to violent seizures. It has been recorded that as a child, Elizabeth was exposed to all sorts of horrific atrocities, such as being witness to a man being sewn into the body of a horse as punishment. Oh, holy fuck! For the crime of stealing. Whoa. That's like just like in Star Wars when Luke Skywalker was forced into that tauntaun. He did that to survive. But he was unconscious, so it wasn't consent. He was unconscious? Luke Skywalker was unconscious, Who wasn't he? Who put him he? in there? Um, Han. Han cut open. Huh. He, Han, you grab Luke's lightsaber, cut him open, huh. put him in it. Luke was unconscious. Maybe he didn't want to go inside the Tauntaun. Well, I wouldn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I tried to find out if that was a common punishment, but I couldn't find anything more about being sewn into a horse. Man, and the people in the, uh, you know whatever, 70s and 80s, who got hit with a strap at school. Can you imagine just, like, in the 1600s in Hungary, like, being like, I don't know how they talk, but, like, I'm going to sue you into a horse for being a little shit. Stealing. What? He was he was um, caught stealing, and that was his punishment. Oh, he was caught stealing. Yeah. The, um, the crime does not fit punishment in my opinion (laughs) no it really doesn't like that's pretty fucked up yeah Uh, ooh um human horsepeed (laughs) maybe there we go so it's said that elizabeth began laughing when she saw this she would also regularly witness the severe beating of servants but unlike other young people elizabeth was not offended by the violence that she saw and in fact she seemed drawn to it. So I should have said this at the beginning of the episode, but I'm going to say it now. This episode does contain very graphic scenes of torture, uh, so listener discretion is advised. You, uh, you could have said that before we talked about someone being sewn into a horse. I told you I forgot. Well, someone's traumatized now because you That's conveniently their, like... forgot. <laughs> 
At the age of 10, Elizabeth was engaged to a 15-year-old Hungarian count named Ferenc Nadaski, in which was a political arrangement within the circles of the aristocracy. As was custom at the time, she moved into her in-law's palace to receive an education in running the estates that were under the control of her mother-in-law. There are reports that before they married, Elizabeth had a tryst with a peasant boy and became pregnant. What's a tryst? Like a secret love affair. So they were banging? Yes. Nice. It is said that she secretly gave the child away. Meanwhile, Ferenc discovered this affair and had the peasant castrated and then Oof. thrown to a pack of wild dogs. However, the villain- And then the dogs, because they had the human boy inside of them, they got sewn into a horse. <laughs> <laughs> The validity of this claim is disputed, but I mention it because it became it came up in every source that I read. Mm, interesting. Ferenc and Elizabeth married on May 8, 1574, when she was 14, in an extravagant affair. This was after she banged the young boy? Yes. So, just like a little side note, as I was like doing the research for this, they kept talking about like how beautiful Elizabeth was and yeah. how she had an affair with this peasant boy. And I'm like, dude, she's 10. Like, I don't know why we're talking... I thought you were going to say, dude, she's from Hungary. <laughs> How beautiful can she be? <laughs> no, I'm just like, just the way that we talk about women and history, like, it's fucked up that we're saying this 10-year-old is, like, beautiful and gorgeous and, like, seductful. And, like, some of the sources that I read were, like, she seduced this peasant boy. And I was like, I don't think a 10-year-old is out there seducing somebody. So yeah, maybe we should rethink the way we talk about women. Well, yeah, I agree. Girls, children. And... <laughs> I will say that while our society is not the best, I do think we've, for the most part, reconsidered it in that sense. We we don't talk about 10-year-olds the way they did in 1601. <laughs> no, well, exactly. But I think it's just interesting that historians are still being like, that's just normal because that's what they wrote at the time, that we're just going to continue to say that and we don't question that at all. In no, none of the right, none of the stuff that I read about her, they they aren't like the historians aren't being like, well, that's a little fucked up, right? I said that's a little fucked up, but the things that I read, they were just like saying it like it was a one off, and I was like, dear, that's weird. You're so brave for saying that, <laughs> for saying that that it's fucked up that they were saying that this ten year old was a babe. <laughs> that's so brave. Yeah. So anyway, I love you for speaking your truth. Shut up. <laughs> So they got married in 1574 when she was 14 in an extravagant affair. Four and a half thousand people were in attendance and the party raged for three days. Ooh, a rager. After which, Ferenc gave his wife her very own castle as a wedding gift. The castle Kasht, situated in the Little Carpathians, a low mountain range in modern day Western Slovakia. Along with the castle, Elizabeth got a country house and 17 adjacent villages. So I would like to know where my villages are. Well, I was going to say, she got a castle, you got me. So... Basically the same. No, I was going to say, it sucks to be you. <laughs> <laughs> this marriage united two ultra-powerful families and made them the power couple of the day. Because Elizabeth socially outranked her husband, she kept the surname Bathory, and he added it to his own. So oh, really? you should have done that. They're so progressive. They really were. <laughs> Elizabeth and Ferenc had five children, with the youngest being born in 1598. In the early years of their marriage, Elizabeth was busy learning about and overseeing the many estates that she and her husband controlled, while her husband was off at war as the chief commander of the Hungarian troops against the Ottomans. He proved to be... <laughs> chief commander against the Ottomans? And then there's just a bunch of, like, coffee tables that they're fighting? <laughs> we have to kill the Ottomans! <laughs> they're coming for us. He proved to be a great warrior and earned the name 
the Black Knight of Hungary. His absolute brutality... Was he Martin Lawrence? No. Do you know the other reference? No. But Martin Lawrence was in a movie called Black Knight. Because um, at that time it was like, he's black, so the Black Knight, am I right? Hollywood executives? Come on, that's like that's not me saying it. That's, <laughs> that's literally the thought process. <laughs> so you could be a Hollywood exec. I could. I and I bet you're wondering why the Hollywood exec isn't here. Um, him and Small Town Lawyer uh, are on their honeymoon. Actually, oh my God. they got married over uh, over the break. Lovely. Crazy, right? Like they started going for pancakes, and then I got a text being like, "We're, you know, saying that they're engaged." So that's canon now. So his absolute brutality in the face of the enemy terrified his opponents and shocked his allies. The couple also grew incredibly wealthy during this time, doing deference, gaining many spoils of war. They were so wealthy that they actually lent money to the Hungarian Empire to keep the country afloat. Also during this time, Elizabeth II had to defend her and her Elizabeth II? Elizabeth also (laughs) had to defend her and her husband's estates from the Ottoman. At times, she gave refuge to desperate peasants feeding and housing them. Elizabeth and Ferenc didn't get much time together during the early years of their marriage, but when they did... It is said that they bonded over their love of violence. Oh, fuck. <laughs> by torturing young servant girls who worked for them. Some claim that Elizabeth started torturing on her own and learned additional battlefield torture techniques from her husband when he came home from war. Apparently, Ferenc taught his wife new and innovative methods of torture, such as rolling up pieces of oiled paper, placing it in between the toes of a servant girl, and then setting it on fire. Oof. It's also claimed that he gave Elizabeth a clawed glove so that she could scratch up the faces of disobedient servant girls. Damn. It's reported that he built a torture chamber for her and the castle cached it all to her specifications. Other influences, according to some, were her uncle, who taught her Satanism, and her aunt, who taught her sadomasochism. Uh, I could only verify that in one account, however. Mm, Okay. With so much torture at Castle Kastit came death, but the disappearances of the peasant girls raised no eyebrows, as peasants were completely disposable at that time and place. Any questions that were raised by family members of the servants were quickly squashed due to the huge power that the Bathory family held. Therefore, Elizabeth was essentially untouchable. She could torture and kill to her heart's content. Their power, however, could not quiet the rumors that plagued her. Local pastors became increasingly suspicious as Elizabeth more frequently asked them to come to the castle to perform funeral rites for servant girls who had apparently died of cholera. <laughs> There's a lot of cholera going around in this castle there. It is recorded that one priest called her aside after having attended one too many funerals and said to her, quote, Your grace should not have acted so because it offends the Lord and we will be punished if we do not complain to you and criticize your grace. What does that mean? Already done. Continue. No, I'm not done. Okay, sorry. This is a long quote for him to say. Continue. And in order to confirm that my words are true, we need only exhume the body and you will find that the marks identify the way in which death occurred. As Elizabeth, I would have said, why, why are you talking like that, compadre? What? That's what you call a priest, right? Compadre? Father. Compadre. I don't think that's What's the... that from? I feel like it means friend. No, no, that means priest. We will have to Google it after um, this. Co- hey, compadre. Father, maybe. Maybe compadre. No, padre means father. There, compadre. I don't know where you put Compadre. The... Stop. <laughs> Elizabeth was outraged that the priest would accuse her in such a manner. Wait, wait what does the sentence mean fully? Uh, so basically he was saying, like, 
you need to stop doing what you're doing. I know that we're not supposed to complain to you that yeah. all these people are dying, yeah. but if we don't, God will be mad at us. And we only need to dig up the body and show the marks on this body to prove that you are killing these people. Uh, should the, the translation should it should it just uh, read as, "Hey, you're a crazy bitch, but you fuck so good, I'm on top of that, it." <laughs> stop it. It's a song. Just I just for anyone who doesn't know, so. Um, Crazy Bitch by Buck Cherry. Continue. Elizabeth was outraged that the priests would accuse her in such a manner. She threatened that she had powerful relatives who would not tolerate such talk. She then stormed out of the church, leaving it for her husband to smooth things over with the priest. Around 1601, Ferenc became unwell. Historians are not sure the specifics of the condition, but it led to the paralysis of his legs. He died in 1604, bringing their 29-year marriage to an end. The loss of her husband caused a noticeable change, with servants noting that she became more sadistic. Bathory's torture had originally included jamming pins and needles under the fingernails of her servant girls, and tying them down, smearing them with honey, and leaving them to be attacked by bees and ants. Uh. Ferenc participated in these cruelties, but it is also possible that he may have restrained her impulses. When he died, Elizabeth became much worse. It appears that at this time, Elizabeth turned her torture hobby into a full-time preoccupation, specifically the torture and murder of young women. She increasingly began to lure girls from villages surrounding her castles, and when she had her fill of torturing these girls, they would be flung over the castle walls to be ripped to pieces by wolves. Jesus, so the evidence just goes away. Exactly. Ooh, that's smart. Elizabeth had a team of accomplices who helped her in her murderous ways. Anna Darlova, a group... <laughs> it, was a, it was a group of three mice. <laughs> Cinderella? This was this is Cinderella, right? This is just... This is where they got the idea for the no. movie, Cinderella? Anna Darvola, a rumored witch. Ilona Joe, the nurse who looked after Elizabeth's children. And her friend, Dorka. <laughs> Dorka? What a dumb name. <laughs> Almost as dumb as Columbus. Shut your goddamn <laughs> mouth. <laughs> uh, Columbus was my uh, name before Lawson, just so you guys know, and you're in on how much of a it's also Hungarian. Hungarian. My wife is Hungarian. Being. There was also a lady named Catlin who was a washerwoman, so those people all helped her. Hello, I am a washerwoman. Anna and Dorka were the most. <laughs> Stop it! It's a this is a horrible story I'm telling you, and you're just giggling away. Dorka. <laughs> Anna and Dorka were the most sinister of the helpers, who would try to outdo each other in who could try to outdo each other. Outdo each other in who could inflict the most pain on their victims. They had one other helper, uh, the youngest of which, who was a teenager named Fizko. Generally, a servant girl would be targeted by the group when she made a simple mistake in her duties. This could be something as simple as missing a stitch in her sewing. If Elizabeth were present, she would fix an evil stare upon the girl, yell at her, and then begin slapping her around. Elizabeth had devised all manner of creative punishments to go with specific misdemeanors. So, girls who had made any kind of mistake in sewing would be stabbed repeatedly with long sewing needles. Usually, girls would be stripped naked before they were tortured, as Elizabeth reveled in inflicting psychological as well as physical pain on her victims. After jamming needles under the fingernails of her servants, she would say, If it hurts the whore, she can pull it out. Oh. Assuming this was permission, the servant would remove the needle, but when she did, Elizabeth would pull out a knife and cut the finger off. What the fuck? 
She also tortured them by cutting their noses or lips or whipping them with stinging nettles. During colder parts of the year, the girls were forced into deadly ice baths. Sometimes, Elizabeth would bite chunks of flesh from her victims, and one of the most famous rumors about Elizabeth was that she would often bathe in the blood of these victims as she believed that this would keep her looking young and healthy. That's fair. I would like to stop you there and say that, uh, would you say that she was hungry for humans? She was hungry. I, I wrote that joke just in case you said she got into cannibalism. I wrote, wrote that like 10 minutes ago. Okay, well, she didn't eat them. She just bit the flesh out of their bodies. This still works. That's fair. Um, the blood rumor, however, has been proven to be made up after Elizabeth's death. Sorry? Say. So the blood, like bathing in the blood, it's been proven to be a rumor that was made up after Elizabeth's death. Oh, that didn't actually No. Happen. So if you Google her, that is like the most famous rumor oh, that really? exists about her, but it's not true. Interesting. I wonder if there's any... Have you seen the Hostel movies? I have. Okay. I've only skimmed them just to see the torture in a weird way. I was a little fucked up that I did that. Yep. But, because I didn't want to actually watch the movies, but there is a scene in Hostel 2, I think, where a chick, like, hangs a dude above above her in this pool and then just, like, cuts him with a scythe open and bathes in his blood. Ugh. Super fucked up. Very. Some servants were lucky to get away with a lost finger or two, but more often than not, the bloodlust within Elizabeth could not be sated and the girl would be dragged off to a torture chamber. Hmm. It was here that Elizabeth employed her terror squad to carry out much of the dirty work. And, and you know, you know, this all awful and stuff like that, but like, can you imagine like Dorka and the other girls are just like, man, we have the best boss, you know? <laughs> like, yes. you know, there's, <laughs> to them, she's just a great boss. Yeah, they, she lets them kill people. Yeah, like, we got, we got casual Fridays and we get to like murder. Mm hmm. All manner of implements were made use of to cause the most gruesome afflictions imaginable. Pincers were used to rip the girl's flesh, and the insides were torn out. And there have been some reports that cannibalism was enforced on some girls. Oh, sounds like they were hungry for humans. So, I don't know if I wrote it down here or somewhere else, um, but for example, there is a story that Elizabeth cut off a piece of a girl's butt and uh, cooked it and said, you have to eat this now. Made her eat herself. She had... Hey... Uh, eat your own ass. Essentially, that just like sounds like a terrible like, like me trying to think of a comeback when somebody's really mean to me and just like eat your ass and then taking it literally. Uh, yeah, but like, yeah, I'm just not good at comebacks. We know certain details of what took place in the torture chambers of the Bathory castles because of the investigation and trial transcripts that occurred when fate finally caught up with Elizabeth. Other charges came afterwards and became the stuff of legends, such as the bathing in the blood of her victims. This act was not recorded in the trial testimony, but it is a famous event that is still attributed to her. Instead, account after account mentions that the floors of the torture chambers were covered in blood that the servants would have to clean up. By 1609, the rumors of what was taking place at Elizabeth's castles were running rampant, but because of her family's power, there was not much that the peasants could do. At this time, it wasn't allowed for peasants to accuse nobles and such of doing bad things. They're still, they still shouldn't do that. They're peasants. And most probably didn't care about what happened to the poors anyways. Some parents even looked at the countess as a source of revenue, selling their children to her for a lump sum. Many of the servants were buried in shallow graves in the castle courtyards, and some of these were dug up by hungry dogs. Also around this time, Elizabeth felt the need to find a different kind of victim. 
Historians don't know what caused this change in her, but the general belief is that her lady steward convinced her that if she took the lives of noble girls, she would be able to gain more fortune. It may also have been that she was just running out of peasant victims. Mm, fair. Whatever the reason, Elizabeth decided to open up a finishing school for young ladies. Finishing school? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, good one. Because they get finished there? Like, they get dead? Yeah. Shut I up. mean, leave the jokes to me, am I right? For some reason, Elizabeth didn't think about the consequences of murdering noble ladies and their parents who would move heaven and earth to get to the bottom of what had happened to their babies. Well, I think at this point, she was probably all already too far gone Probably. And, you know, with bloodlust blood and all yeah. that you know to cover her tracks elizabeth made up the excuse that one of the girls had gone crazy and killed the others before committing suicide that makes sense tracks young women are crazy and men whatever okay young people who are experiencing puberty okay <laughs> for 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 sake of being pc everybody at that age is fucking crazy it's true <laughs> Some of the parents took their complaints to King Matthias II, and he decided to undertake an investigation of the claims. He sent Georgi Thurzo, the highest-ranking king's representative. Thurzo began to interview witnesses, and he soon had dozens of people who testified to the Countess's depraved ways. Servants who had managed to escape the castle alive spoke of seeing blood-drenched walls, hearing terrible screams, and noticing the ever-growing cemetery around the castles. <laughs> That's a lot of dead people in these woods. This is weird. By December 1610, Thurzo believed that he had enough evidence to arrest Elizabeth, and on New Year's Eve, he arrived at her castle with a contingent of armed guards. They hid outside the castle walls and waited. Before long, Elizabeth and her lady steward came outside to cast a protective spell designed to protect the countess and bring the death of the investigator Thurzo. When they went back inside, the investigators crept towards the castle entranceway. They immediately noticed the mutilated body of a young girl near the doorway, and two more were found just inside. Then they heard screaming, which led them to the torture chamber where they discovered Elizabeth's torture team hard at work. Now, it is unclear whether Thurzo actually caught Elizabeth in the act of torture. However, he was now convinced of her guilt. She was found and taken into custody where she immediately claimed innocence and blamed her servants for everything. In the end, 306 people testified against Elizabeth, even the members of her inner circle who turned against her, incriminating themselves in the process. Scores of witnesses took the stand, and the judges also examined some of the corpses that had been taken from the Bathory castles. Death sentences were handed down to Alona Joe, Dorka, and Fitzko. Pri now she's deadka. <laughs> Prior to their own execution, Alona Joe and Dorka were given their own form of torture. Their fingers were torn out by iron tongs before oh. they were put to death and oh. then tossed onto a bonfire. Ouchka. Fitzko was spared this torture because of his youth. Instead, he was beheaded and then burned. Elizabeth, on the other hand, was never put on trial. Mm. This is due to the fact that her family was so powerful and they wanted to avoid the embarrassment of a trial. And, well, rich people always be richin'. That's true. Those rich sons of bitches. I like that. Rich people always be richin'. Elizabeth was convicted and sentenced to life imprisonment in her own castle. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> confined to one of the dungeons. Oh, okay. Which had been the scene of some of her atrocities. Her only visitors were priests who reported that she was unrepentant and crazed with rage. None of them were able to get her to acknowledge the severity of her crimes, and she continued to insist that it was her assistants who were the real criminals. Elizabeth Bathory complained to a guard that she had a cold hands on August 21st, 1614. He told her to go lie down and try to get some sleep. She did, and never woke up. Wow. The total reported murder count varies between 80 and 650 people. That 
There's a large margin. <laughs> and also 650? That is a lot of people for her to go out and murder. Yeah. I also, I can't believe she died of cold hands. That's so weird. <laughs> what could be the, the root cause of that? While documents from the 1611 trial supported the accusations made against her, modern scholarship has questioned the truth of the allegations. Bathory was a powerful woman, made more so by her control of her husband's land after his death. The fact that a large debt owed to Bathory by King Matthias was then cancelled by allowing her family to be in charge of her captivity suggests that the acts attributed to her were politically motivated slander that allowed relatives to appropriate her lands. So historians now think that um, maybe this didn't actually all happen and it was made up because... um, people wanted her land and money but also 306 people said that she did these things so it's like questionable about what actually happened i'm sure she did murder some people it probably happened (laughs) yeah so dakota what do you think i quite enjoyed this i love a good murder tale and i would also like to say that i have thought of my alibi to why this was why this wasn't me in this time period right i i Dakota Lawson, I'm not a woman. So you say. Like, how should we... Are you trying to assume my gender? Why should we believe you? (laughs) Okay, well, I'm sorry, Instagram. I'm about to uh, break (laughs) the code of conduct and show you a picture of my dick. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. I quite enjoyed this episode. It was was fun. That's a weird way to to describe it. But it was, uh, I mean, it's very torture porn-esque. It really was. In the sense, like, it was gross hearing that stuff. And, like, uh, the way that they tortured uh, these girls. And the one that always stuck out to me was the uh, sewing them inside of a horse. She didn't even do that. That was her parents. Yeah, but, like, that's just something that sticks in my mind. Like, of course, that level of atrocity trickles down. Yeah. Well, my question about that was, like, was he alive? Was, probably i and would then guess did so. they like cover his mouth what would be did the... he suffocate inside the yeah. horse like well how did this how does this so work? The, the only point i could see of why to do it if he was dead would be to hide the body but that'd be also weird no because they're the nobles so they can get away with that and also they're right. like this is the punishment so, for your so crime. yeah it would be they'd be a, they'd have to be alive because like and just like they are not not just putting them in the horse but like sewing them inside it like that's fucked up. It 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 confuses me a lot. I try to climb out the butt. Could that? Could I do that? <laughs> like Ace Ventura? Yeah. <laughs> I, I got it. I don't know if that's how anatomy works, but I try it. Okay. So, in fact, uh, we gotta wrap this up soon because I'm gonna go try it. <laughs> you want me to sew you into a horse now, don't you? Or a Louise? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's our dog, folks. Uh, so. I give this an 8.6 human horsepeds out of 10. <laughs> so I was hoping I'd be like above a 9 start uh, 2022 mm. off strong, but 8.6, I'll take it. Yeah, you better. I think this was a great start. To Our the first year. Wicked Wednesday. Our first wick- Wicked Wednesday. Why does our um, button keep changing every time you say it? I- you're gonna fucking ask that. You I, you worry about the the research. I worry about the tech. Got and it. Our tech isn't great. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Let's just let's just sign off. This is 
This is this is this. Who knows, listeners? This may be the end of the reluctant historian. Tune in <laughs> next week to find out. Well, that's all we have for this week. Or ever, possibly. We'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us. If you enjoyed listening to what we had to say, please download our podcast from wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review or tell your friends about us, because indie podcasts really do grow through word of mouth. So here's what you're going to do, listeners. You're going to go to our Facebook. You're going to go to the Reluctant Historian podcast. You're also going to check out our Instagram, Reluctant Historian. I post every week, every Wednesday, when we come out with a new episode. You're going to want to hit a like, subscribe, follow, Twitter, Twumbler, whatever you kids do these days, okay? And go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review. I will write you a poem if you do. I should check that. I don't know if there's any bit reviews, but I will be reading poems if you get your reviews in. So take us out. So we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, Dorka. Hey everybody, I'm Eric Erickson, host of The Open Highway. You know, I've had some incredible adventures in my life, and along the way I've learned a little bit about everything, which, to be honest with you, is just enough to get me into trouble. But I bring that with me when I sit down with guests from the worlds of politics, news, science, current events, entertainment, and more. The Open Highway with Eric Erickson. Join me on The Open Highway, and let's have a conversation. Find it wherever you get your favorite podcasts.